That was a beautiful prayer song. Praise God. Very fitting. Praise the Lord. Well, greetings to everyone in Jesus' wonderful name this morning. Oh, I thought of the words of our brother James, where he talked about Job. Remember the patience of Job. Well, my prayer is that we can continue, that I can continue to work with the Lord this morning. Very sweet spirit here this morning and ministering to our souls. And that's very precious. Praise God. And even, even though that last song was a prayer, I'd like for us to bow our heads and have another prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for these beautiful words that we heard this morning and how you ministered to our hearts, Lord, in so many ways. Thank you, Lord, for your good word. Oh, God. Continue to bless us, Lord, for thy great name's sake. Lord, we ask not, we don't ask that for ourselves, Lord, but we ask it for your glory. We need your blessing. I need your blessing this morning, God. Lord, that your glory, as, as we heard in the opening, your glory might be upon us. Your glory might be our rear reward. Oh, God. Lord, without that, the Christian life is so empty, so vain. Without your light, without your glory, without your spirit upon us, Lord. And Lord, so we ask that in faith this morning, for thy great name's sake, Lord, would you see fit to give us yet another blessing here this morning. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure if I welcome the visitors, but I want to give you a welcome too. Thank you for coming. We pray the Lord's blessing on your life, as well as all the rest of us, and those that are listening in and watching in from afar. God's blessing to each one. You may turn in your Bibles to Peter, the first book of Peter, one of my favorite books. Peter is a favorite character of mine in the Bible, and we are going to endeavor to learn a few things from Brother Peter, who walked with the Lord, who saw the Lord glorified, who was there in that mouth of transfiguration. We want to learn a few things from him this morning. If we can, First Peter chapter 5, my key verse is verse 7. I'm going to read that first and then we'll kind of get the context of it. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, 
casting all, all your cares. Sorry, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, I know that's a very familiar verse and principle in the Bible, but I'd like to look at a few points out of this portion of Scripture from verse 5 to 10 or 11, somewhere in there. I want to consider cares this morning, which I'm sure all of us are familiar with, cares. Anyone here that don't know what cares are? see anyone raising their hands. Some carefree children might be able to do that. Jesus says we should learn from them. Consider cares. We want to consider casting and casting all, all, everything. And consider the fact that he cares for us. Interesting if you think about those two words, words, Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That's, there's a real lesson in there. But let's read in verse 5 now. First half of the chapter here, it speaks to elders and their duty, leading the, and feeding the flock and so on. And then it says, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you. Be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I'm sure all of us need grace. Well, here's the formula for more grace is to be more humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Job was such a good example of that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. Look at that. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now I know we know this verse about resisting the devil and about the the devil being uh, like a like a like a lion roaming around. We've heard about the devil this morning. We heard he goes to and fro throughout the whole earth. But you know, it struck me that's not just a nice little verse that needed a place to be put in the Bible, and so it got put here. It is in context, and it has to do with our attitude. It has to do with how we deal with cares of this life. It it comes in there right after the verse that talks about casting our cares on him, the Lord. Then it says, be sober. 
And if you're like me, troubling cares, heavy burdens do not necessarily make for strong faith, does it? Not in my life. When I am focusing on my cares and overwhelmed with my problems and, and I think I have the answer, I'm a bit proud like he warns us earlier there, you know, I just, why is this happening to me? I'm not accepting this, you know, beware. The devil is lurking around. And I'm sure you would know that we give him a foot in the door when we give in to these overwhelming cares and faith begins to waver and doubt and discouragement set in and then comes the devil. I believe it's in context very much, very much. That this thing of casting our care is not a little thing. Job passed his test with flying colors. How do we? How do we do? Job did did a marvelous job. He had affliction, as it says here. He suffered great afflictions. He, 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 he passed a, a, a big test. Job did. I had to think if it wasn't for sin, Job wouldn't have had that test. If Adam and Eve, you know, that's not how it meant, that's not how God meant it to be in the beginning. But all this, all these problems And the chief of problems, the devil himself, came about because of sin. And we live, so we live in this world that is full of sin. And death, and decay, and destruction, and burdens, and discouragements, and adversities, and afflictions. All these things come upon us. Because of sin. And so we find ourselves in the middle of this situation. It's all around us. Yesterday, I'll tell you a little story. I went for a walk or took the gator down to the river and I was walking along the river looking for mushrooms and just some therapeutic time for the brain just to get away and walk and be out in nature. And, and, you know, in that walk, I think I saw at least three, if not four or five carcasses, ribs, skulls, you know, ugly things. And, and a whole host of trees falling over and, and decaying and, and a whole bunch more along the river that are about to fall. You know, the next storm that comes along, half of their root ball is, is sticking out and, and, and the, the ground is washed away from the roots and just the right storm at the right time, they're going to fall, splash down in the river, they're going to decay. And that's, that's kind of the picture of the world that we live in. We have, we have anxieties and 
cares and distresses and you and you and you look upon that and you're like, wow, this is a very bad world. But you know what else I saw? It's not all bad. In the midst of that of all that death and destruction and and I saw beautiful, beautiful little flowers. So beautiful. I took a picture of them on my phone, and you blow them up, and you see stuff that you can't see with the naked eye. And they're down there in the riverbed or off the side of the river, on the river bank, blooming for who? I come along and see them, but think of the many that no one ever sees. They're blooming, first of all, for God, but they're blooming for you and me, too. And in the midst of all this death, there's life bursting out right now. You know, the grass is growing, the rye is growing, and things are popping up. It's that time of the year. So, you know, it's not all bad, but... it really, really matters where we look. I say that often. It matters where we look. And I had a pretty, just to be honest, I had a pretty hard day yesterday. It took me a long time to get over it. Just, just cares. Cares of this life. I even am going to go so far as to say I felt pretty alone. (laughs) You ever felt like that? Does Anyone think of me? Would anyone pick up the phone? It would be so nice if someone would pick up the phone and just text me right now. Brother, I'm praying for you. Nope. All day, none. No problem, brother. No problem. But, you know, some days you do. But yesterday you didn't, and I was really, really thinking about that. But, you know, it's a reality. We can feel Very alone sometimes. I wonder how Job felt. Very alone. But in reality, we're not alone. We're not alone. Jesus warned us about these cares of life. He actually said that the cares of this life can be so distracting in Luke 21 that they will obscure and 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 we will not be prepared for the day of the Lord. That's how serious it is. Jesus warned about the cares of this life, distracting us, and so that the day of the Lord would come upon us unaware. That's pretty serious. Casting our cares on the Lord. Our, the, the world is full of cares, and we can either let them overwhelm us or we can cast them, learn to cast them effectually, consistently, like Job did, I think, consistently upon the Lord. Let me read you a verse from the Psalms that David said. You know, David, a man after God's own heart, a mighty warrior. He had a lot going for himself, but this is how he felt one day. He felt that, uh, I looked on my right hand and beheld 
but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. The point that I wanted here was, I looked for a man, but there was none. You ever feel alone? You ever feel like your burden is unique? Like no one else is feeling like I am feeling right now. Well, some of our problems and and issues might be unique, but the answer is the same. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So cares, cares are plenty. Problems are everywhere. Death is, is, you can look around and you see it everywhere, but let's remember there's also beautiful flowers growing in the midst of it all. There's, all, there's always the grace of God that can be tapped into no matter what the situation is. Songwriter put it this way, days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. That's a reality. But it's also a reality that burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. But you know, that takes faith. Casting all your cares. One uh, commentator put it like this. Cast your anxieties, your distracting care on him. For he careth for you. He meddles and concerns himself with the things that, in, that interest you. God is concerned about the things that interest us. Whatever things concern a follower of God, whether they be spiritual or temporal, whether great or small, God concerns himself with them. What affecteth us affecteth him. In all our afflictions, he is afflicted. He who knows that God cares for him need have no anxious care about himself. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So that was the first point, cares. There are plenty, they're all over if we want to pick them up and carry them and, and weigh us down. But, the, but God's admonition from his word, from, from, from Peter, is we should cast them. That's my next point. How am I doing? How are we doing? Are we casting or carrying Casting or carrying? You say, but brother Elvin, how can I? It's, how can I do it? It's a miracle, but it can be done. Amen. It's a miracle. 
We can't do it in our own strength. Amen? Any amens to that? We can't cast our burdens on the Lord in our own strength. We need the Lord. But the admonition from God's word is, cast them. Cast them. Cast them. And I don't know if you can imagine with me this big 50-pound feed sack. And just imagine yourself walking to that feed sack and putting your burden in that feed sack and taking it and laying it at the feet of Jesus and say, here, here, there, here they are. They're too big for me, Lord. I have so many problems. I can't figure these problems out. Lord, and it's taken my joy. It's taken my life. It's taken my, you know, you can go down the list. If, you, if you're in that place long enough, it can end up taking your health. It can take your wealth. It can take everything. Lord, I put them in the bag and you carry them to the feet of Jesus and you let them there. And you walk away. God, figure it out. They're back there. Figure it out, Lord. Figure out my problems. I want to love you. I want to worship you, God. And I can't if I am carrying these burdens. We need to learn to put them at the feet of Jesus. In this verse, it says, casting them upon him. And we have that very, very, very familiar offer from the Lord in Matthew 11. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Am I going? Am I going Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. Brother Vernon, there's another New Testament promise right there. That we all need to to be reminded of, myself included. Ye shall find rest unto your souls. It's gone. It's all gone. My burden is all gone. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we need to learn to cast our cares on the Lord. The third point, and this this could be a short message this morning. My third point is, can it really be that we are to cast Every last one of them. All. All our burdens. Casting all your care. Personal care. Family care. The care of the present. The care of the future. The care of ourselves. The care of others. The cares of church. Cast them all on the Lord. Every one of them. 
And you may turn in your Bibles for this one to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 says it the same thing in another way. These are the words of Peter here that we're looking at. Now we're going to look at Paul here in Philippians in verse 4. In chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious, be careful for nothing. Is that reality? Can that be reality today as a Christian for us? Can we actually come to the place where we can actually cast all our cares that we are not worrying about anything? Is that not being presumptuous? Don't I have to kind of bear a little weight? Don't I have to do something? Don't I have to man up and, 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 and fix this problem? Well, some of that, you know, God gave us a mind. He gave us a will. He gave us faculties that we can use to, to you know, do things. But if it's anxious care, it's, it's, it's not right. If it's weighing us down, if it's wearing us down, I think the admonition from the, from the Lord is we need to lay that at the feet of Jesus and say, I can't fix this problem. Be careful for nothing, not one thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, that is very important. I think that... I think that shows to us that we have laid it down. When we can come to God in prayer and faith and actually say, thank you, God, you're a good God with all our cares in the bag. We're not, we're not oblivious to them. We know, we know they're there, but we know where they are. They're at the feet of Jesus in a bag. Thank you, God. Blessed be the name of the Lord, as Job said. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, this doesn't make any sense to me. Two plus two isn't four anymore here today, Lord. It don't add up. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked I came into this world and naked I will go out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. It hurts, Lord. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Let everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. God, thank you. You don't make any mistakes, Lord. You are a good God. I know all things work together for my good Lord, even though right now it doesn't feel that way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And look at the result. When we get this first step taken, look at what happens in verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, it doesn't make sense. The problems are not fixed yet, but I have peace. The problems are in the bag at the feet of Jesus. And the peace of God shall, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ 
Jesus. And then he tells us what to think. In Philippians 4.8. There's a whole list there. Because if we go back to the bag, then we have lost the battle. You know, we, maybe there's a time to go back. But right now, I think we need to let everything, we need to let go. We just need to think about these other things that they're in verse 8. So, learning to cast all our cares on the Lord. And my last point is, going back to Peter again, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'd like to emphasize that this morning. He careth for you. And I realize a lot of this, first of all, needs to be done by faith because he feels so far away. It is so painful. There's so much destruction around us. We see so much death, you know, according to my illustration and, and in our life, it, it feels like, Lord, it's death, death, death everywhere I look. Lord, but he careth for you. He hasn't forgotten. He, there's somewhere there's a flower growing in, 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 this, in this picture. Somewhere there's a flower growing. I just got to find it. Hallelujah. And that little flower about the size of a quarter and even some smaller yesterday, they, they, they minister a volume. Praise God. He cares he cares for you. You know, it's, it's springtime right now, and I kept, this thought kept coming to me this week. Is there something like spiritual springtime? The winter is past? I think there is. Could we see spiritual springtime? He cares for you. This takes faith. And I like to illustrate this point with this. Recently, I visited a doctor. I had a colonoscopy, and that's something that is outside my realm of doing, knowing how to do. So I go to the doctor. And I go to, the, to this doctor because he is a specialist for my need. He has studied at least four, maybe six years. Some doctors study 10 years and are always learning before they get those little degrees behind their name. But we go to them because they supposedly know what they're doing. They have invested a lot of money and a lot of time to get them to that point, which makes them, which makes us trust them. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to go to uh, anyone else but the one that knows what he's doing for my need. 
So he sat me down and said, and he, you know, this is in my first visit with him, and he said, uh, you know, how long he's been doing it, and it makes it, you know, look all so easy and, and just, just a piece of cake, and, you know, and I don't know that he told me how many cases he has done or does a day, but sometimes they do. But he said, I have to tell you some of the risks. He said, you know, as we do this procedure, the, the risk is to puncture the colon. But it has never happened. Never happened for me. But that risk is there. And you know, I went there the day of the procedure and gave myself totally over to that man because I trusted him. I also trust the Lord, but I trusted him. And now backing up, I was going to say this to make a point here. When I did my health you know, that paper with all those questions. One of the questions was, under whose care, uh, what's the name of your family physician under whose care you are? Something like that. Under whose care you are. So we place ourselves under a physician we, under their care. And we do that because they have studied this specific field, whatever we need, and we go to them because we need what they know, and we believe they can help us. And not only that, but let's look at it from from their point of view. They have a responsibility. They have an investment. They have studied so they can do a good job, so they can do as little hurt as possible. And be as effective as they possibly can. And so they invest a whole lot. Well, let's bring that over to Jesus. How much did he invest for us? Can I place myself under his care? He invested a whole lot more than the doctors had. He invested his own blood. He came to a pretty bad place. My little walk yesterday where I saw, you know, the carcasses, the rib cages, and the skulls, it looked pretty bad. But imagine Jesus coming down from glory to this sin-cursed, death-filled, destruction-filled world and walking among it. Think about that. As he walked among all that, and he had within himself the 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 what it needed to fix this problem. Here comes a solution to the world's problem. Amen. He's got the degrees. He's got it all attached behind his name. But we're going to have to place ourselves under his care. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. How do you think he felt knowing all that when he when he looked down over Jerusalem and he felt the resistance and the rejection and who are you and and he wept. I have it all. Just put yourself under my care. I can fix your problems. I can heal you. And he wept. He said, I wish I could take you under my wings like a mother hen. But you won't. He careth for you. 
So we have this care. It means anxious load. Casting all your anxious load upon him because he is anxious for you. Why do we both carry the anxiousness? We shouldn't. He is anxious. He was so anxious that he was willing to come out of heaven and save us and bring what he needs and, and, and have what we need. Bring, have what we need. Bring what we need. And yet we got to climb up on the operating table. We got to agree to the terms. We got to go there. I have to say, okay, I'm willing. I'm willing to take the risk because I believe you won't make a mistake. And we let go. We let go. We let go. My final verse is a verse from David out of Psalms. He says, I had fainted. Any of you ever feel like fainting? I sure did. Lord. David said, I have fainted. Now, we should sit up and listen to what he's going to say next, because we know David didn't faint. I had fainted unless I had believed. Now, this is in, in chapter 27, verse 13, if you want to find it or whatever. I had fainted unless I had believed. There's the key. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. I say on the Lord. Now Job, I think did just that. He believed to see the goodness of the Lord, and he really did. He saw the Lord's blessing. Now, this word wait here is an interesting word for us. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. That means to bind together by twisting and to collect. You know, in the heat of the battle... Sometimes we lose our bearings and things look really bad. Sometimes 10 times worse than than they really are. But David is saying, wait, bring your thoughts together here. Bring them together, bind them together and just collect your thoughts and think right thoughts. God hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. Think. On the way back from my little stroll down to the river, I met our neighbor. He was out collecting firewood, and he's an outdoorsman. And so we were exclaiming about the beautiful day, and he said, you know what? I just love to come out here in the woods, sit down, and think. I thought, yeah, wow. I could live on that one for a while. Just think. He said, think about the mistakes of the past and bring them into the future and figure out how to go, bring them into the now and figure out how to go into the future. I see. Thank you, neighbor. I don't think he's even a church-going man. 
but it has to do with our thoughts. Just like to come out here and think. Think. What's happening? Where's God? God hasn't failed. His word is true. I gotta bind this thing together. I gotta get on solid ground here and we and we we twist this thing together and we collect our thoughts. And I think we have a better outcome when we do that. Maybe I'll read this song yet that I have jotted down here. For a closing. Has to do with sorrows and cares. Is there a heart or bound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? Come to the cross, each burden bearing all your anxiety. Leave it there. No other friend so keen to help you. No other friend so quick to hear. No other place to leave your burden. No other one to hear your prayer. Come then at once. Delay no longer. Heed his entreaty, kind and sweet. You need not fear a disappointment. You shall find peace at the mercy seat. Now I... Yeah, I'm not saying this morning that we don't need each other. I hope you didn't get that at all. We do. There's a time to bear one another's burdens and all of that for sure. And uh, But the admonition from Peter, from the Lord, is casting all your, my care upon him. All of it. All of it. That might be a little harder for us men to do because we have we're more of a Fix it all, guys. You know, we've got to figure this out. and It's sissy to lay it down and not know what to do. Well, if it's getting us down spiritually, it's not sissy to lay it down. It's humility, I think. And say, Lord, have thine own way. I take my hands off of it. May the Lord add his blessing.